Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope everybody is having a beautiful day. I hope the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the wind is at your back. And if you find yourself in the embrace of a little bit of trouble, just think of it as a challenge because the world is conspiring to help you, at least in my opinion. let me I would love to introduce everybody today to prepare to embark on a journey of discovery as we delve into the groundbreaking insights of Dr. Michael E. Platt, the author of Adrenaline Dominance, A Revolutionary Approach to Wellness. In a world where health mysteries persist, Dr. Platt boldly shines a light on the overlooked but powerful hormone adrenaline. This hormone, often relegated to the shadows, holds the key to understanding an array of seemingly incurable conditions, from ADHD to fibromyalgia and depression and more. Dr. Platt's work not only unravels the enigma surrounding excess adrenaline, but also offers a transformative natural protocol that has the potential to reshape how we approach healthcare. Today, we have the privilege of exploring this paradigm-shifting perspective with Dr. Michael E. Platt, a board-certified internist and pioneer in natural hormone replacement. Dr. Platt, thank you for being here today. Maybe you could explain to us what influenced you to write this book. First of all, I, I got enamored with hormones. And, and this happened after my, <clears throat> my mother died of breast cancer. And right after she died, I realized that I had inherited her hormones. You know, men and women had the identical hormones, different levels, but same hormones. And I realized that um, she had little progesterone because she had breast because she had a, a belly on her. And um, and at that time, I used to have to slap my face when I was driving, trying to keep my eyes open. And this was a low blood sugar. So I knew I was overproducing insulin. So I started using progesterone to see if, anyway, ever since I started using progesterone cream, I never got sleepy in a car again. So 
I got intrigued with hormones, learned as much as I could, opened up a hormone clinic in 1995. And I had the, I guess, the, the fortunate situation where I could sit down and talk to somebody for two hours, you know, that, that you learn about medicine, talking to people. And, and I realized <clears throat> after I had talked to a number of patients, they all had a lot of the same complaints. And these complaints, the only thing that could have been causing them was increased adrenaline. And, and nowhere in my readings did I ever read about adrenaline. And but over the years, what I've realized is that excess adrenaline is the underlying cause of many conditions actually felt to be incurable. You know, for example, ADHD. I believe that my book is the only book that even talks about ADHD and adrenaline. But in order to eliminate, <clears throat> you know, if you have a condition that you want to eliminate, you have to treat the cause. So needless to say, when you treat the, the reason why somebody's putting out a lot of adrenaline, you could actually eliminate ADHD. Chronic interstitial cystitis, PMDD, all these conditions felt to be incurable. <clears throat> so I decided to write a book <laughs> and about adrenaline because I, I, I couldn't find any books on adrenaline. And, and I think that the, the public has the right to know, you know, you know, our, our whole medical system is sort of controlled by drug companies. You know, they, <clears throat> they're in charge of the FDA and the medical boards, and they, they determine what doctors learn in medical school. And <clears throat> so the, an entity that has no interest in people being healthy is what controls medicine. So I'll But anyways, so we'll talk about adrenaline, and I think people will find it interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating. And I'm glad you brought up that point about who really owns the medical system. And if there's not a whole lot of profit in there, then maybe they're not as interested in, in what they in, in how they should be. Well, basically, the, the medical treatment of, of um, too much adrenaline is progesterone. And that's a natural product, and drug companies cannot patent natural products. They have no interest in it. Um, what 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 do you think is causing this over over production of adrenaline? Is it something that happens in everybody, or is there symptoms to it, or is it lifestyle? <clears throat> I can tell you pretty pretty definitively that uh, if somebody does have excess adrenaline. Adrenaline. Uh, one or both parents had excess adrenaline. It's always genetic, always. So if you have a child with ADHD, that means one or both parents have ADHD. Uh, just want to let you know that. Yeah, that's it's interesting. We don't hear about this kind of stuff in the modern literature, and it's interesting. When I think of adrenaline, I'm often reminded of the fight or flight response. How does this exactly? How does this survival mechanism manifest in our modern lives and how can it impact our daily behavior and decision-making? Well, <clears throat> fight or flight is one of the reasons why the body puts out adrenaline, but that's actually a very rare reason. Uh, of adrenaline 
is to make sure the brain has enough glucose, sugar, and because the brain can't operate without it. In fact, the brain uses more sugar than any other tissue in the body. People don't realize that. Um, so, so why this is important uh, is that the primary treatment of excess adrenaline is to get the, the, the right fuel to the brain so the body doesn't have to use adrenaline to provide fuel. Um, and we'll get into this, but the brain uses two different fuels. One of them is glucose. And that's where adrenaline comes in. It's um, a process called gluconeogenesis where it converts protein into sugar. And um, so. Yeah. It, it's interesting to think, what is the relationship between adrenaline and neurotransmitters? It, it almost seems like, is, is, is adrenaline the fuel for the neurotransmitters to run on or what's going on in the brain chemistry in there? Do we know? The, um, <clears throat> the adrenaline is a neurotransmitter. It's also a hormone. Ah. Um, the, um, I'm sorry, sorry about that. That's okay. No problem at all. Um, the, um, yeah. So, so, but it's a powerful hormone and it's a powerful neurotransmitter. Um, the, um, when people have a lot of adrenaline, you know, just if your listeners want to know if they have a lot of adrenaline, grind their teeth, that's adrenaline. Mm -hmm. People that very often get up to urinate, especially around 2.30 in the morning when adrenaline peaks um, is another, symptom but when people have a lot of adrenaline they're quick to anger because adrenaline is an anger hormone that's where road rage comes mm -hmm. comes from and you can actually get rid of road rage in 24 hours just by lowering adrenaline um the um <clears throat> but also when people have a lot of adrenaline they may find that they carry a lot of tension in the back of their neck and this can cause tinnitus ringing the ears and it can cause um, severe headaches. Um, there's a headache called um, uh, occipital neuritis. causes excruciating headaches 100% of the time for migraines. Now, this is not a migraine headache, and this is an easy headache to get rid of. Um, migraines, not so much. So... <clears throat> Uh, so actually just putting some progesterone cream on the back of the neck gets rid of that tension that people carry. Also, when people have cold hands and cold feet, that's not a low thyroid, that's adrenaline because adrenaline constricts blood vessels. It cuts off blood supply to the intestines. That's where IBS comes from. And it also cuts off blood supply to the salivary glands. That's why uh, saliva tests, I never recommend for hormone studies. The hormones don't get into the uh, saliva, and because they get a low cortisol, because the blood the blood is cut off, that's where they come up with the diagnosis of adrenal fatigue, which is a condition that doesn't exist. Adrenal fatigue is really adrenaline dominant. So, <clears throat> um, the anyway, um, and. The, um, but again, 
there are a lot of conditions associated with excess adrenaline, uh, even even bipolar disorders. That's excess adrenaline. Um, so anyway, it's fascinating to think about so many of these symptoms, and I, I know that just listening to them, I've I've been in, I've had multiple of those symptoms throughout you know, the last few years in my life, does it seem, does excess adrenaline seem to be something that happens later in life or can it happen through all stages of life? Well, it, 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 it can start as an infant, um, you know, babies that have colic, that's adrenaline. And these are the babies that do a lot of kicking in the womb, by the way. Um, you know, you may have heard of women that vomit throughout their entire pregnancy. That's adrenaline also and easy to fix. Um, the um but and then after uh you know colic you just put some progesterone cream on the baby's belly it goes away in about five minutes um the um and then and then bedwetting in children is only caused by excess adrenaline and you only see that in creative type children and the reason for that is that creative people had the most adrenaline um <laughs> And that you may, um, you, you may be a little, <clears throat> you, yourself, you may be creative. Um, but, it, but if you look at the music industry, the, the amount of drugs and alcohol, you know, people get into drugs and alcohol when they have a lot of adrenaline because they just want to relax because adrenaline, you know, makes them a little bit hyper. Um, so, but they don't treat the cause of why people get into drugs and alcohol, but they should. Yeah. Yeah. It's has, has this been like, it seems to me that if this is something that's been happening to people for a long time, has, has this, is it a trend that it's spiking? Is it something like a lifestyle choice that's causing it? Is it, is, is obviously genetic, but is it something that's getting more and more frequent with people or is it that we're just not treating it? Or is there some kind of trend there? The, the, <clears throat> the incidence is probably the same now as it's been for the last hundred years. Um, it's just not recognized. I see. Which is very surprising. Yeah. It, like we often hear about negative effects of like chronic stress on health and how does it, I, we spoke a little bit about this, but how does adrenaline fit into the picture of stress and what, what can you do to, what, what can individuals do to mitigate its effects on their behavior? Well, the only thing that causes stress is adrenaline. You know, a lot of people blame cortisol, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but actually cortisol is released in response to stress. And, you know, both adrenaline and cortisol, they both raise sugar levels. And, you know, adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning, which means that cortisol peak. Lying in bed, they're putting out two hormones that raise sugar levels. And the whole thing about sugar, it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or if the body's making it. If you don't burn it up, then the body takes all that excess sugar and puts it into fat cells to be stored as fat. And I am convinced that increased adrenaline may be the number one cause of weight gain, and nobody ever talks about it. Um, you, you know, keep in mind that people are gaining weight while they're sleeping, and no, you know, nobody, you don't even think about that. Um, 
So, and the thing about adrenaline, um, you may have heard of talk about telomeres, you know, mm -hmm. the, at the end of chromosomes, and they, they sort of determine how so long somebody lives. Well, the number one thing that shortens telomeres is adrenaline, stress. Um, so, it, so it's important for people to think about. And, and what they'll realize is you can treat it. Um, yeah, it's, what about, is there a, it seems to me that there would be a connection between adrenaline dominance and like addictive behaviors or substance abuse. Is there a relationship between those two things and the treatment and recovery? Um, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> like I said, people get into drugs and alcohol right. just to relax, just to chill out. And, um. So just by reducing adrenaline, you you can eliminate their need to get into drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, people go to anger management class, and which does nothing. But you know, anger management class could teach people how to reduce adrenaline. Like I said, you can get rid of road rage in 24 hours; it's gone. It kind of, it makes me wonder, like, it, it seems to me that there's a profound effect on, effect on behavior. Like when I think about anger management class, and I think about, it seems to me like people are not able to communicate effectively. Is adrenaline having, having something to do there? Does it block the way in which we can think in a clear level? I guess stress does that too. Well, ADHD. Okay. Um, people with ADHD have trouble focusing. And so, uh, and, but if they're interested, they can focus. So the, the whole thing about um, ADHD is not a learning disorder, it's an interest disorder. They're interested, they'll focus. But like I say, you can, just by lowering adrenaline, you can get rid of ADHD in 24 hours. So, um, you know, it, it's very rewarding to get people well, I, he came to see me because every morning he would wake up and vomit. And the only thing that'll cause that is adrenaline. There's nothing else that'll cause that. Um, and he had severe fibromyalgia. This man had a lot of adrenaline. I mean, it was very obvious. And I put some progesterone cream on his forearm and he rubbed his arms together. We started talking. And about five minutes after he got the progesterone cream, he sat back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, Doc, my entire life, <clears throat> I have never felt this good. And he never had another episode of vomiting after he left my office. Um, and his fibromyalgia went away. So, wow. So, so like I say, it's very rewarding to get people well. Um, and doctors sometimes don't see that. They should, but they don't. Um, yeah, it does seem rewarding to help people get to a state where they can begin to live their life in some sort of normality, whatever that means. <laughs> well, um, but you know, like I say, it, it's good for babies that have colic, but the idea of giving a baby or children hormones is very much averse to what doctors think. 
But you know, hormones control everything in the body. And when 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 the fetus is in the womb, it gets exposed to incredibly high levels of, of progesterone. So they're being exposed to a hormone they, that they're they're very familiar with, and that's very helpful. That's how the brain actually develops is with progesterone. So, um, but you know, like I'm saying, if you talk, if somebody talks to their doctor about giving their child progesterone. They probably will not find a doctor that's willing to do that. But but you can buy progesterone over the counter. You don't need a prescription for it. Um, my my website has the exact strength that somebody needs a progesterone that blocks adrenaline. Um, or they can get a prescription for it and get it at a compounded pharmacy, but that's more expensive. Um, so, but so the thing about you know progesterone, um, not only does it block adrenaline, it also blocks insulin. Remember, I mentioned that I never get sleepy in a car anymore because I don't get hypoglycemic. Um, so it blocks insulin and adrenaline, but it's but it's not even known for these. The only thing that progesterone is known for is to block estrogen, which is also a toxic hormone. So it blocks the three most toxic hormones in the body you know, progesterone. And you don't hear about progesterone. And and now doctors are giving prescriptions for oral progesterone. And they don't realize that oral progesterone converts into a different hormone called allopregnanolone. It's not progesterone. You know, and people should be made aware of this. And they should also know that progesterone is good for dogs. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, dogs that have separation and anxiety. You know, a lot of people have anxiety. And the only thing, the only thing that causes anxiety is adrenaline. And so when dogs have separation anxiety, it's because of adrenaline. So you put some progestin cream inside their ear, and in about one minute, the separation anxiety is gone. Um, so again, you know, you don't hear about this, but I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I read somewhere that Adrenaline is portrayed as like a double-edged sword in terms of brain function. How can the brain harness the positive aspects of adrenaline while mitigating its potential harmful effects? These are rabbinical questions. But the thing about adrenaline, adrenaline is what gives people intelligence. And and it's also the, the hormone or neurotransmitter transmitter that's responsible for creativity and that's why creative people have so much adrenaline um and uh, but but you can control it you can manage it you know by again using progestin cream and eating correctly eating correctly is more important than the cream is uh, and and by eating correctly <clears throat> the brain uses two different fuels one is glucose that's the type of sugar that it uses and the best source of glucose comes from vegetables um, because they don't produce a lot of insulin. And then the other fuel, which is even more important, are ketogenic diet. Um, you can get ketones directly from coconut oil or something called MCT oil, which comes from coconut oil. So there are ways of providing fuel to the brain that are not that difficult. And, you know, MCT oil has no flavor, so you can add it to anything. Um, 
<laughs> Does it is hormone is is testosterone produced through your body at the same amount throughout each day? Like and using progesterone, would that change how much your adrenaline makes? Like is there any is there any issue with changing the amount of adrenaline your body makes or will it just naturally align to what it should be? Okay, it's an interesting question. <clears throat> There's no such thing as a progesterone stimulating hormone. So by using progesterone, you're not. Testosterone is, you know, um, you can, can can affect testosterone levels with testosterone, but not, but not progesterone levels with progesterone. Um, There's really very little downside to the use of progesterone. the one downside, uh, you're familiar with type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Yeah. <clears throat> you're familiar with type 3 diabetes? No. <laughs> yeah. just The other name for it is insulin resistance in the brain. Okay. And it's a precursor to Alzheimer's. So it's, it's, it's an, in fact, you may have heard that coconut oil can reverse Alzheimer's. Um, so if somebody has type 3 diabetes or insulin resistance in the brain and they use progesterone, they go low. Um, in fact, it, it's really a test for type 3 diabetes, which they don't have. They don't know of a test, but if, if you give somebody a dr- um, progesterone and they get an inc- a rapid increase, uh, palpitations, tension, whatever, um, then you know they've got insulin resistance. And the whole thing about Alzheimer's is it's really a disease of prevention. And so if you if you know you're predisposed to Alzheimer's, then you start doing a lot of coconut oil and MCT oil. Uh, Yeah. Is there like if if someone is having like sleeping disorders or having problems, like would the application of progesterone be something you take an hour before bed, or would you wake up if you had to go to the bathroom and use it, or is there like a protocol for that? It's all. <clears throat> uh, everybody's different in terms of their needs for progesterone. Mm. You, um, for the most part, you cannot overdose on it. You could use it up to thirty times a day. You're not going to overdose on it. <laughs> Um, I usually start people if they have a lot of adrenaline uh, on four times a day, and then when they start eating correctly and their adrenaline goes down, then I can reduce it to twice a day. Um, it usually goes on the forearm. You rub the two forearms together. The back of the neck is a good place. The upper chest is, is another, but wherever the skin is thin and a good and there's a good blood supply. Um, the um, but you know, if people go to Amazon and look at look for the book on Amazon, they can read the reviews, yeah, and and see what people have to say about progesterone, adrenaline, and and progesterone, <laughs> whatever. Um, or they go to my website, yeah, um, even better, which is platwellness.com. What besides the 
do you remember you spoke about the incident where you used it in the car and you realized that it stopped you from being hypoglycemic? Were there was there another times in your life where you found it like, hey, this is really different? Was that the first time you realized that it really worked for you, or was there this an aha moment? Well, you know, like most doctors, I had ADHD. Um, and I used to get up and walk out of class. I couldn't focus. I had a real hard time focusing in school. And um, and I waited till the night before always uh, when I was going to have a test. I, I didn't study. I didn't open a book until the night before an exam. And now that changed when I went to medical school. And the difference was I was interested in medicine. There was nothing in high school or college I really had any interest in. Um, but medical school, I was interested in medicine. Um, you know, they, they get kids algebra, which is, which is a, a course when they leave high school, they'll never need, you know, you don't use algebra once you leave high school, but so, and a lot of, a lot of kids have trouble, trouble with algebra because they're not interested in it. Um, I'm just saying they, they, if they really understood what ADHD is all about, they could change the curriculum a little bit, make it easier. Yeah, I think they could change not only the curriculum in schools, but it seems that it would be a valuable ally in any sort of counseling or addiction rehab models as well. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. What about uh, beyond? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. What about what? what? I was gonna. I was gonna say beyond physical health. Like, how does, how does it, does it work on anxiety and depression? Like a lot of the times we'll see people that have anxiety well, and depression. Well, you know, need, when you talk yeah. about again, we're gonna come back to this. Yeah. You know, treating the cause of illness. Right. So, so there are basically two different types of depression. Um. But one of the most common uh, types of depression is caused by internalization of anger. Mm. Um, and, and remember, adrenaline is an anger hormone. So you can actually eliminate that type of depression just by reducing adrenaline. Um, the um, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but... Um, you know, it. I, you know, they advertise a, a thing called um, <clears throat> an overactive bladder, and they have all sorts of drugs for this. But the only thing that causes an overactive bladder is adrenaline. There's nothing else that causes it. So wouldn't it be better just to lower adrenaline, get rid of it? I'm, I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it seems to me that a lot of modern medicine takes this approach of covering up symptoms instead of addressing the problem. Well, they treat the symptoms, mm. you know, but, but they don't treat the cause of what makes the symptoms. Um, yeah. I'd like to <clears throat> apologize to everybody for our medical system. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's getting better, though. I, I think that people like yourself, 
and a lot of people out there are really going out of their way to begin to see the root cause of the problems and understand that masking a symptom will never solve the real issue. Well, they have a, a specialty called functional medicine. And functional medicine is supposed to approach the causation of illness. But they, you know, I tried to get some schools that teach adrenaline, uh, uh, functional medicine, interested in adrenaline. They had no interest. Um, so I'm not, so I think, I think they'll have a long way to go, hmm. but they're trying, but there's so many blockades. Too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the world we live in and, and how much, if you could just change the hormone, if you could just get people to lower their adrenaline on some level, and it's actually helping people with all these different things, it could be a real game changer for mental health, for wellness. Is is that what you're seeing in some of the patients that come to you? Well, um, I change people's lives the <clears throat> way I, <clears throat> I have. Um, and like I say, it's very rewarding to, to get somebody better again. Uh, but even, you know, there's a, there's a lot of interest in autism. Mm -hmm. And kids with autism have incredibly high levels of adrenaline. And they do wonderfully just by lowering adrenaline and using progesterone cream. You know, th those kids with autism who don't, who don't speak start talking. And they have, they have a lot to say, actually. But um, so I'm just saying there, there's room for improvement if they'll allow it. Yeah. Do, do you think that some of the obstacles are that, that health is, is an industry and it's almost on some level, it seems like there's revolving door, especially when we look at addiction. Sometimes people that have addiction get a pill for treatment that they get addicted to. It just well, seems like an industry. One of the biggest obstacles are doctors. Mm. Um, you know, doctors have a certain way of doing things. I know that, in my own hometown, I ran into a lot of problems with the doctors because they were upset that when their patient came to see me, I took them off all their medications. And that's a real slap in the face to doctors. And <clears throat> so I had, I had to deal with the medical board because of that. And the medical board is funded by drug companies. So, you know, <laughs> you can just guess how that went. <laughs> um, But, you know, medicine has been a passion for me. And, and like I say, getting people well is very rewarding. Um, but we have a long way to go. Absolutely. What, what was it as a, as, as a young man growing up that got you involved in medicine? A lot of the times people I spoke to have an incident that happened in their life that caused them to go a certain way. Was that how medicine was for you? It, no, I... It, you know, I'm not sure what sparked my interest <clears throat> interest in medicine, but um, but I always like solving things. And medicine has a lot of room to, to allow for solving. Um, you know, people don't realize how important it is for a doctor to be able to sit down and talk to a patient because that's how you learn what's going on. But doctors are, are 
more comfortable doing test testing. And and I I've always preferred treating people rather than lab tests because you could never go wrong treating a print, but you can go wrong treating a lab test. Um, but but that's me, you know. Is is this is this method of using progesterone something that's used a lot of times in Europe or other countries or even in yeah in different countries they have different methods for treating things? Is it mostly in the Western world that they have a problem with this, or is it progesterone more distributed in other parts of the world as a as a method? Um, I <clears throat> I think the lack of knowledge about progesterone is universal. Okay. Um, I don't know, you know, a lot of countries don't allow it to be sent into the, you know, mm. uh, the, uh, I, I'm just saying, yeah, there's a lot of room out throughout the world for people to learn about progesterone. Yeah. But it's certainly my favorite hormone. Yeah. <laughs> Is that... Is that what an? Uh, forgive me if I, I don't thoroughly know. Is that is that what an endocrinologist is? Is that someone who looks at hormones and they they look at hormones, but endocrinologists are more comfortable with synthetic hormones rather than natural hormones. Hmm. Doesn't make sense, but I'm just saying that that's the way it is. Um, gynecologists get or doctors, including gynecologists, get no training in hormones. Hmm. Um, you know, that's why, you know, estradiol is the, the number one hormone that's prescribed and it's probably the most toxic. Um, the, uh, are you, are you a, um, the, proponent of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for people that hit a certain age? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that age can be any age. Um, yeah. Doctors could, you know, the doctors are not trained for the most. Everything in the body. I mean, doctors could do with a little bit more training, frankly. Oh. Yeah, in some ways it sounds like it's it's like that old adage of the generals are fighting the last war it seems like maybe the doctors are fighting the last last 100 years of of sickness and illness yeah <clears throat> yeah uh, it sounds it sounds promising it sounds like they're that if if you're coming out with this book and more people are beginning to read it and the results are showing such a positive influence on that even though it's an uphill battle, I got to think that a change can happen from the ground up. <laughs> One would think. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you, you know, the thing is, if, if, if somebody has a lot of adrenaline and they <clears throat> put some progestin cream on, they get... notice so they're able to focus better um so you know a lot of time you take a drug you don't feel anything but with progesterone if you need it you'll feel it um 
Yeah. It sounds like that would be something that could be easily tested in a lab. Like you could have a placebo versus that and see the actual results. Well, you could, but, but you, you know, you don't need, you don't need to test for progesterone because most people are low in it. You know, they're low mm -hmm. in progesterone. Um, let, you know, in my book, I talk about yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. <clears throat> And the only condition I put in the good category is ADHD. And, and the reason for that is that the most intelligent, successful, creative people in the world have ADHD. So I say to myself, how bad can it be? Um, but, and I mentioned that creative people have the most adrenaline. Now, how does somebody know if they're creative, right? Well, well creative people are very intuitive about other people. They can pick up good energy and bad energy from people. Um, they have premonitions. They have deja vu type feelings. Um, when the phone rings, they'll either know who it is before they answer or they'll say, I was just thinking about you. They'll also notice that animals will be very attracted to them. Animals can feel the energy that all that increased adrenaline is putting out and they're very attracted to it. So are creative children will be created, will be attracted to them also. Um, the, um, but it's important for creative people to realize they've got a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> so if they're, you know, very often they're fighting weight because they're putting, <laughs> putting out a lot of adrenaline, um, and they have some anger issues and, but it's real easy to treat. So. What, what what do you how, what do you think it is on another person that can pick up that energy? Is there is it like a pheromone or something like that that they're like, wow, I can feel this person's testosterone? It's an interesting interesting question. Um, <clears throat> it's just that creative people can can pick up other creative type people. Um, he, these are the healers. You know, the people, um, or some people say that people come up to them, they don't even know and talk to them about their problem. Um, I'm just saying that they, they have a certain energy that, and whether it's pheromones or who, who knows, it's something that's yes. drawing people in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. It's it, It's interesting to me to... What what about vision? Is there we talked a little bit about the fight or flight and sometimes your your pupils narrow or they take more light in. Is that something that can be harnessed to 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 help with adrenaline? Because maybe like a pilot or someone that wants to hit a fastball, maybe they want to have more adrenaline in there. Could they take progesterone like an hour before or an hour later? Or? Well, you know, athletes, yeah. <clears throat> professional athletes have a lot of adrenaline. Um, people in law enforcement, yeah, people in the military, uh, and, and they use adrenaline to as the fight or flight. Um, there are certain conditions like Lyme disease that put the body into a fight or flight pattern, and they, these people have a lot of adrenaline, also, a lot of symptoms of Lyme disease increase adrenaline. Um, this long COVID that they talk about, these people have a lot of symptoms of increased adrenaline. I, I haven't mm. dealt with these people. I haven't seen them, but I, 
I read about them. Um, but they sound like they've got, can be helped by lowering adrenaline. It makes me wonder about autoimmune diseases when the body is just attacking itself. Is that something that has to do with adrenaline too? <laughs> no, but uh, it's good to be aware of that. Um, you know, multiple sclerosis is a autoimmune disease. Um, and they use a, can, something called low-dose naltrexone. Are you familiar with that, LDN? I'm not. Um, yeah. Um, it, it's a drug that has no side effects um, and should be used in people with... Um, but the thing about MS is the demyelinating condition. And the number, the number one um, instrument, if you will, that increases myelin is progesterone. Mm. It stimulates the production of myelin. So you would think that automatically people with MS would be put on progesterone. Um, but it, as it is, you know, most people and most, do most doctors think that progesterone is a woman's hormone. Um, you know, uh, men actually stopped making progesterone around the age of 50. And it's after the age of 50 that men start getting prostate cancer because they, they no longer can block estradiol. And they start putting on weight around the middle because they can't block insulin. Um, so it's an important hormone that nobody ever talks about. <laughs> Not yeah. a perfect world. <laughs> Is there like a certain supplemental amount, like on a cream that someone over 50 would use? Or does it depend on body and, and weight? Or, you know, <clears throat> the, the strength of progesterone is the important thing. Okay. And <clears throat> and progesterone comes in different strengths. What I recommend is a five percent progesterone. That means that each pump is fifty milligrams, and that's the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. Mm -hmm. You know, they have higher strengths, they have lower strengths, but five percent <clears throat> is the ideal strength. Um, and what and what what is the we spoke about like a dog you could put it in its ear and you can see the separation anxiety does the does that particular is it a day or a two days in someone who may I, obviously it probably depends on the the malady or the problem they have but people can start seeing results in up to like 24 hours is that accurate or, or less or less wow or less yeah does it Adre the adrenaline seems to me to be if someone had had it for a longer period of time, does that do more damage to the body than if if someone catches it a little bit earlier? Or does prolonged adrenaline seem to have prolonged worse effects on the body? People that have a lot of adrenaline mm -hmm. is a life. It's a life lifelong thing. Mm. Um, and. Uh, But easy to fix. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> On my website, there's a meal plan to lower adrenaline if people need it. Um, so. What about stacking it with like other herbs like turmeric or is there things that work synonymous with it with progesterone or lowering adrenaline? You know, I, I 
it's a good question, but it, it's something I have not looked into. Oh. But there are certain herbs that help block adrenaline also. Mm. And you might be able to get it. I've, I've never done that, you know, because mm. I've never felt the need. But um, um, I, I'm trying to, yeah, it, it could work. <laughs> um, I don't think it would hurt. Yeah. Um, what about what about outside influences? Is it like weather or or sunshine? Or do these outside or epigenetic potential? Is there epigenetic triggers for higher adrenaline? If it, if there is, <clears throat> I'm not aware of it. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting. I, I, my brain just starts running a million miles an hour. I, you know, sometimes we hear about fathers who become or a man who becomes a father well, for the first time. You know. You know, people hear about PTSD. PTSD yeah. is all about adrenaline. Mm. Restless, restless leg syndrome is all about adrenaline. And, you know, they, they use drugs for these disorders. Right. But why not just treat the cause of them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, what... The, it's interesting. A lot of the times they'll use like an SSRI, like... What do you know about what's the relationship between serotonin and adrenaline or is, is there one? Well, they're both neurotransmitters, right? Um, yeah, the SSRI, I, I don't like drugs to begin with. Agreed. To be honest with you. But there are also medications called NRIs, <clears throat> norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Um, and what people should realize is that these increase adrenaline. Uh, it, it's like it's like Ritalin and Adderall and Stratera. Me, they're pure adrenaline. That's why sudden death is one of the side effects of these drugs, which is acceptable to the medical community. But anyway, um, so the um, but. Here you have somebody with ADHD who's got a lot of adrenaline to begin with, takes a drug that increases their adrenaline. And what that does, it numbs their brain, mm. which is why a lot of people don't like these drugs. Um, so what I recommend is lowering adrenaline rather than increasing it. Uh, that's me. Yeah, I, it's interesting to me. When... When you were writing this book, was there a certain chapter or was there something that you learned writing this book that you didn't know before you started writing it? I think I most of what's in there, I, yeah, the, uh, in the last chapter, <clears throat> I talk about my uh, run-in with the medical boards. So. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 always an interesting point in any book is the confrontation and then the outcome that happens from there. Do you see maybe another book coming after this? Like it seems to me that there could be 
a whole series of like case studies or just interesting stories or clients that have been able to be helped through it. And then the dialogue between them, I would read that book as well. Well, um, this was actually my second book. The first book was called The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones. Mm. And that book literally brought thousands of patients to my office from all over the country and all over the world came in because of that book. Uh, And it's different from other hormone books, but because it explained how you could use hormones to get well again. You know, you could actually eliminate asthma with progesterone. You know, some women, if they cough or sneeze, they they lose urine. And you can get rid of that in three days um, if they treat it correctly. Um, So... Yeah, so it teaches, it talks about the thyroid and, you know. Yeah. It's fascinating. Dr. Michael Platt, I'm so thankful for your time today. And I, I think we just kind of scratched the surface of it. I, I, I can't, I have almost every one of those symptoms from like tingling fingers or numbing fingers to like ADHD. Like I, I have a bunch. So I'm excited to, first off, get to talk <laughs> to you and ask you these questions, number one. Number two, to get to, to get the book and everybody should go into the show notes and check out the the book Adrenaline Dominance a revolutionary approach to wellness by Dr. Michael E Platt. I, I think that anybody who finds themselves looking for answers would do well by reading this book and looking into the research and and reaching out to to Dr. Michael Platt himself and seeing his research out there. It's it's really a transformative time and Many of us know people who have been affected by the medical system and are looking for answers to help heal our own wounds. And But before I let you go, Dr. Platt, where can people find you? What do you have coming up and what are you excited about? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm actually recently retired. <laughs> um, but I'm still available to answer questions. Um, the... Um, I think I think I may write another book. I, I wrote a, a manual <clears throat> called the Platt Protocol for Hormone Balancing. And it's for, do- for doctors. I teach them how to do hormones. Um, and that's available on my website. Uh, but yeah, I'll find something to do. <laughs> I'm not worried. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it can be very helpful to relationships and, and the way we see ourselves. That's another point too, is sometimes changing the way we think about things can fundamentally change the way we model reality. It sounds like hormones are a big part of that. It's not a perfect world. Yeah. It really isn't. Um, and, and on top of everything else that's going on, we have all these changes due to the weather because we're just, we're destroying this earth. Um, um, so I guess the least that somebody can do is at least get their hormones in balance. (laughs) Uh, Can't get the world in balance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it starts with each one of us 
trying to become the best version of ourselves. And that would mean our, you know, at least start on our hormones, right? (laughs) 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 Well, doctor, I'm super thankful for your time today. And I appreciate you being here and I appreciate all the work you're doing. I think it's fascinating and interesting. And I'm very thankful that there's people out there like you that want to help heal people and make their lives better. So thank you for that. I truly appreciate it. And um, hang on briefly afterwards. I'm going to hang up with our friends, but I'll talk to you briefly afterwards. And okay, that's all we got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the True Life Podcast. I hope you have a beautiful day. Go to the show notes and check out the Check out the book, check out Dr. Michael Platt, and have a beautiful day. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances... I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge i think you're strong enough you're smart enough and you're good enough to make your dreams come true but you have to believe in them and i truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance a real chance on what is possible then your dreams will unfold in front of you uncertainty can be a monster it can be something that we run away from but much like fear if you stand in front of it It's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.